Hi guys, welcome back to episode two of the Content Creator Podcast. The idea of this podcast is to help creators create, to help people uh, in marketing or otherwise grow their audience, grow their brand, and ultimately grow their business. And uh, today we have, we've absolutely hit a peak basically. We have Mr. Jack Gaysford, the absolute LinkedIn legend himself. Uh, a really, really valuable episode this one. And uh, yeah, I, I kept Jack for, for way longer than I should have done. He was very kind to uh, offer up some of his time to share his tips, tricks, and strategies to growing an awesome brand on social media. Hope you enjoy. Right, we are live. Well, as I've already said before we came on, Jack, I do very, very much appreciate uh, your, your, your time. And I'm sure you're going to regret as soon as I start waffling on, as I say, coming on here and, uh, and agreeing to do this. But I really do appreciate it. Um, you need, as I've already said um, before this, you need no introduction, uh, or at least to anybody who is on LinkedIn and, and social media, but on the off chance that my one subscriber uh, has not heard of you. Uh, would you care to introduce yourself a little bit about what you do in a course V21 and, uh, and what it is that you do with, uh, with clients? Yeah, I'm, I'm Jack. I'm 23. I run um, a video marketing slash video production agency called V21 in Kent, um, but we're, we're based wherever the client is. Um, we create regular content for social media um, and I make a lot of content on, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty much trying to dominate the social media space essentially. So, but LinkedIn seems to be the one at the moment that is my main focus um, that I really enjoy creating. That is the most supportive community ever um, and generates me business at the same time. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say really. It's a, it's a win-win. Uh, you, you have already done a, vi a video on this or you've taken a clip uh, from this, but I'm going to ask it again anyways. What is it? Uh, or how is it that you got started in video, uh, creating content, and obviously you dominate, you know, video dominates the majority of your uh, content strategy, so uh, uh, why, why, why video as well, basically? How do you get started and why video? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, why video? Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't really know. There's not, there's not really a, um, a kind of definite answer, I guess. I think um, I've always been a creative guy. I've always, um, I've always kind of been behind the camera. I remember getting my first camera when I was about, I want to say 13. I think it was a Nikon, Nikon D3 100 or something like that. I think I started yeah. out on. Um, if not, I used to film some stuff on my webcam, on my, you know, my first computer and all things like that. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I've, I, I studied graphic design at uni, um, you know, a good sort of uh, a good couple of years ago. I always found myself leaning towards lens-based media, um, and after uni, I just thought I, I hate <laughs> I hate graphic design with a massive passion. It's not really? like what it was. Yeah, it's just it's just not. I don't know. It was just boring, essentially. You know, you were you were working for companies that told you how to design when they had no idea how to do it themselves. So it was it was such a difficult situation, and it kind of just lost that enthusiasm and passion that I had for it before I went to uni um but you know nothing against uni I think it's great but it just didn't work out for me I guess um and then I went traveling I found myself in Thailand <laughs> in statements insert there. Yeah. Um, and came back started working with my dad for his recruitment company and we just started doing a lot of content a lot of video just were messing around with it as his business was new I wasn't in business myself I'd just come back without yeah. a, a job um and it went so well whilst working for his company that he just said, look, like set it up on your own. You want to start a business yourself anyway. 
do it. You haven't got a mortgage. You haven't got kids. You haven't got a crazy expensive car to pay on finance. Just, just go <laughs> for it. You completely risk yeah. and, and enjoy that process. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started really. And then over the sort of the two and a bit years that this has been running, being completely transparent, I've just been enjoying it and just been figuring it out, you know, every day at, at a time, what we started out as is now very different to how we are now. Um, you know, we're working with some of the biggest brands in the world, all the way down to the smallest people, one man bands. Um, so yeah. we haven't necessarily niched down, but I quite like that at the moment. I'm still finding my yeah. feet with it. Um, I'm finding what gives people, you know, the best return of investment and, and the best um, happiness out of, out of our work together. So um, there's, there's still many, many years to go, mate. And um, I'm just excited to see see where we are. But that's kind of how I started with it. So it was just accident. It kind of just, just happened, really. I didn't really know that I'd be in this situation now. At 23 as well. Uh, at 23, yeah, exactly. I. What, what, what's quite annoying is that I'm 22. So so in age, I'm a year behind you. Uh, in, in business, I'm, I'm probably about a decade behind you. So uh, <laughs> so for everybody listening, or for the, for the, for the one subscriber listening, uh, this, uh, this podcast is about as useful to me as it is to them as well. So um, it's a pleasure to be able to pick your, pick your brains on on quite a bit. You're more than welcome. I, I genuinely have to say, though, I don't feel like I am as successful as people make it out to be. <laughs> I, I really you've got a mini, like... you've, hang on a minute. Whoa, you've got a mini fridge in the office. So That is very true. Let's put things into perspective here. I'm being sent beer by random people. Like, that's, <laughs> okay, that's going to mean something, right? Um, <laughs> So in my eyes, free beer, I'm doing really well. So I'm very yeah. happy. Just, just pay me an alcohol. I'm very happy with that. Exactly. I'm not an alcoholic for people on the podcast, okay? I'm really not that. <laughs> and for clients, and for clients as well. Yeah. <laughs> to turn up the shoot half cut as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I have always been creative first, business second. Um, yes. I have really been inspired by my dad and his business acumen, and he has taught me a hell of a lot. Um, a lot of it has also been learned through mistake of, of maybe going against what he said and trying something different and actually realizing <laughs> that he was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're not going to admit that though. We'll edit that bit out. No, no, we'll, uh... we'll edit that bit out. That's fine. <laughs> um, but no, like it's it's great to be, uh, you know, I, I'm just fortunate to have both parents who run their own companies, whose parents also run their own companies. And it kind of has just filtered down in, in, in that sort of blood chain, I guess. But um, all through trial and error, mate. I mean, I remember my first, um, my first proper shoot when I set up V21 and I had the logo and the website built and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's huge. Um, we started working with a pub. I say we, me on my iPhone six S I was working with a pub wow. down the road. They wanted to do an event video. We filmed it, no contracts or anything. And just said, yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely happy to film it. That sounds amazing. I was excited. Yeah. I told my family, my friends, I was like, guys, my first proper project. <laughs> uh, and I never got paid for it because they, they, um, <laughs> they were a bit cheeky. They used this video on all of their social medias and never paid me for it because I, wow. and I couldn't, it, you know? Um, so that was, that was the first mistake that has led me to now have a contract. So yes, um, yes. Yeah. You know, learn from mistakes, mate. It's all, it's all lessons, uh, it's all lessons learned. And the, 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 it's funny that you talk about all that because like the, on that business side are all the same mistakes um, that, that, that I made. And I'm sure there's like, there's so many more. Um, so on that note, when I mentioned before we started the other podcast that I do, which is all about business stuff, I'll probably have to get you on, uh, on that one as well. Cause there'll be so many, there's so many, there's so many stories like, again on the business side, but then even on the on the actual content side, which is obviously the, um, the, 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 the point of this, you know, the point of this podcast is purely around the, 
um, the content side. And, and on that, as a bit of context before we delve into to all the other stuff and all the other lessons and insight that you've got uh, over, the, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, as, a, as, a, as a quick reference point, I think for anybody listening, um, could you explain very quickly the type of content it is that you produce uh, on, on, on social media? That's a, that's, a, that's a great question to ask because um, we make so much, we make so many different types of content, whether that's for um, a website and you're looking at conversions, whether that's you just quite would like the ego boost of having a really professional piece <laughs> yeah. of content, all the way down to fully fledged ad campaigns and, um, and video first content marketing strategies, all that, you know, all that sort of stuff. A lot of it is personal brand stuff. It's getting the people within big brands and organizations to actually be transparent and be authentic and be themselves and create content that is value give, educational, getting themselves out there, building real relationships with people within the B2B space. Um, but then we also do you know, um, e-commerce, commercials, ads, the, that sort of stuff. So, and again, this is what I was saying earlier, we haven't really niched down yet because yeah. I haven't, found an industry that doesn't need video regardless of what it is small businesses still need it large businesses still need it medium-sized businesses absolutely want it and i feel like niching down into a into a particular industry with a, a, a particular scale and size of company it actually ostracizes us in what we're able to do yeah. it doesn't offer that um that just pure creative and enthusiasm to market for other businesses. So, and I'm sure that we will at, at some point. Um, yeah. But so far, I, I am just loving working with so many different people from completely different backgrounds and different parts of life with different goals and aspirations. Um, I, I absolutely love what I do and the people that we work with. Um, and we, we just make so many different types of content that um, I just don't want that to stop anytime soon. So that's that's kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. not really answered your question. It hasn't. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I think then if we if we if we switch it to to you and yourself and your uh, kind of content strategy, um, I mean the sort of stuff. It's bizarre, and it's a point I'm going to make later as well. When we, one of the questions is kind of the the document versus create thing, which again is a is another Gary V is another Gary V thing. But I, I have known in the past week, I've known more about your office. Of you moving into your office, then I, about, I know about as much as your office as I do mine, right? I know, I know more about or just as much about your four walls as I do these four walls behind me. And that, and that uh, if you can talk a little bit about that, the, the, the strategy, um, if there is one, why it is that you create those, those, those types of content, those little bits of 60 seconds, this is what I'm up to. The sign on the wall, I know about the sign on the wall, I know everything that you, you, you know what I mean? Everything has been kind of documented on, on your side. And actually I'll tie it into the next question. The talk around value and provide value. I mean, was a fr like, was a phrase, uh, again, Gary V. I first heard that. I was trying to explain this to, to dealerships in, um, when I was back at Virtue. And you're trying to say like, be, be entertaining, be funny, be like, you're trying, to, you're trying to find those words and literally provide value, those two words was, was it. With the content that, that you put together, um, how are you, how are you, first of all, finding that value to give to people, even if it is something as, as simple as you got the sign printed wrong on the, on the wall in your office? Uh, and, and how are you balancing that be kind of, between the kind of entertainment side and the, and the education side? I know that's a very big kind of open question, really, but um, yeah. We can break that down for sure. I'll let, um, you, I'll let you run with that one. Yeah, that's fine. So I guess for the podcast listeners who uh, perhaps don't know me um, and haven't seen my content before or perhaps haven't just need a bit of a refresh, we 
Um, we put out some content uh, a couple of, well, last week, but it might be a couple of weeks ago when you're listening to this on our social medias around the new office that we'd moved into um, at V21. And for me, I guess we do have a strategy for the content that we create. We, we definitely do have different kind of pillars that situate content into based on what we're trying to achieve with those. But I think yes. the real heart of what we do is being really as transparent as we can as a company, um, showing people what they need to be doing. And Gary says this all the time. He says, don't listen to, I guess, what I'm telling you. Listen to what I do. And it's kind of the same thing with, with me in that sense. It's that um, I can tell you until the cows come home to start making content and to not worry so much about 8K cameras and crazy quality production because at the end of the day, it doesn't yeah. matter, especially if you're within B2B um, and you're building relationships with clients and, and that sort of stuff. People just want to see you. Um, so we made this piece of content anyway, and it was, it was the, the rawest piece of content you could have made. Um, and it was just me talking about how happy and how proud I was at this moment that for the last two and a half years, you know, I've, I've been working from our flat. I've been working from my parents' spare bedroom in their house, building this business up to the point that I just felt so um, emotional, I guess, and so happy that this was now the space and it's nice to see progression in this company. Um, and I guess because, you know, over the two and a half years that we've been in business, every week without fail, I have made at least a couple of pieces of video. And to have that community behind me just push that piece of content like crazy. I think it reached something like 30,000 people. It was an all organic, nothing's been, you know, nothing's yeah. paid yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, you know, five, 600 likes, a couple of hundred comments, people getting in touch from all over the world saying, mate, amazing, amazing job. Um, but the reason we do that is because we're trying to, I, I guess, from a, even from like a talent acquisition or an employer brand perspective, it's great because it's showing potential candidates or people who want to join the company, what that culture is like. And I guess what it's like yeah. actually in, in, the, in the office, um, from a client's perspective, it's sharing that, you know, we're real, we're human, we get people and we are just nice in general, you know, we're not yeah. up, up, up our own asses, we're not corporate, you know, any of that sort of jargon. Um, and I guess just for me, it's just nice to document that and thinking long term, if I have kids in the future, or, you know, I'm sitting there at the age of 80, sharing my grandchildren, this is what I did when I was 23. That makes me happy um, to yeah. think that, um, you know, my, my grandchildren could watch what I was doing at 23 years old so that perhaps they can follow the same thing or do something similar for themselves. Like that provides me immense satisfaction. Um, and I've completely forgot the other questions that you've asked. The, the, you the, asked yeah, the, sec the second part of it, I'll apologize because I, I, I go off on rants, as I've already said before we started this, of how much is going to be edited, I don't know. The stuff that you're doing, like you say, it's, I mean, authenticity is a, is a massive thing as well. But um, the, the, the second half of it was around where is that you find the value. And I guess the balance, the main two pillars of, of value is, the, is entertainment and education. I think you managed to do both tremendously well, pretty much in every video. Um, and then, yeah, how, how is it that you kind of find the, find the balance uh, with that? And, and I'll possibly, I will tie it into the next one. Is there a specific purpose that you, you have? You already mentioned that you do like the, the funny skits and sketches. Obviously, it's more of a brand awareness. People are going to be sharing it and engaging and finding you, which is exactly how I found you. Um, so, yeah, just if you want to maybe touch on that, how you find that, that, that balance and, and the purpose that, that each of those types of content uh, serve. We have, um, like I said earlier, we have content purposes we have we have a reason for our content we have um 
different purposes for each different category of content that we put out just because we're trying to achieve so many different things at the same time. We're trying to achieve awareness. We're trying to get conversions. We're trying to build relationships. We're trying to establish trust and authority and respect all the while building up notoriety of, of myself, building a personal brand, um, focusing on so many other social medias through educational content, entertaining content, um, raw and authentic, you know, there, there's so much that we are trying to do. Um, but it's just at the end of the day to show people that it can be done internally. You can hire people to do that for you. Yeah. It's to show people that it's really not as complicated as it, as a lot of marketers fluff it up to be at the end of the day, you've just got to make content that you enjoy as a company or as an individual and engage with people like a normal person. That is all that we do. When you break it down and you strip it to the bare bones, that is all I'm trying to do. I'm not, I guess you can dress it up and say, yeah, the reason we do it is because it, it generates us business. But the real reason is that from the top down, from me to the guys, it's all about building friendships. It's all about building relationships. It's all about building trust. And that takes time. And I, I guess maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's because even as a society now, we're, we are so much more ethically and sustainably focused in business, you know, flexible working, mental health. Um, it, they're big topics now. And maybe it's just because our generation or me or the guys understand that um, it just needs to be that sort of content that builds that trust. May, I don't know. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. that's the reason why we do it. It's just to have an insight into the company. It's to have an insight into us as, as real people. Um, you know, yeah, fine. I run the business. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a busy guy, but I'm a nice person. Like I feel like I have a, <laughs> yeah. a good personality. I feel like I can have, I can have a chat and a beer. You know, I'm, I'm a normal bloke at the end of the day. And I want people to see that. I don't want people to be alienated or ostracized to get in contact because they feel that we're too expensive or, uh, we're too professional, you know, or we're, we're at that level that they can't or aren't ready for yet. I'm a normal guy. The guys are normal guys. Like, just talk to us. And I guess that's kind of what, what we do it for. It's yeah. encouraging, encouraging people to get in contact, really. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's like that's the heart of everything for me. Just just people buy from people, really. And it's just building relationships with those people. Um, and and so many people miss that. They they go, they they understand it. They understand that people buy from people as they always have. Um, and then strategies introduced and then it just gets very complicated. There's a great saying, I'm not sure who it's by, but it's a camel was a, a camel is a horse designed by committee. If, if everybody has their say, what you, do, what you set out to find is completely different to what it, what it ends up with. And it's the same thing with content. As soon as everybody has their say, the marketing team, the HR, the CEOs, the CMOs, the CFOs, the COOs, the social media managers, if everybody had their say, it just gets complicated. Um, so there's got to be a want to what I want to do it in, in, in your company, really. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say. That's an interesting, uh, an interesting insight. And the, the, the next question uh, kind of leads on from that. And I've obviously sent you these notes beforehand. And I, I really did struggle. And I'm going to apologize because it's quite a long-winded question. And I, I did struggle to put it down into a couple of lines. So for, for you, I guess the question, essentially, like a lot of the type of content that I've done, and if you've you've been bored enough to to even look at any of the stuff that I've put on LinkedIn is very much stuff like this a podcast and then strip it down so it's like full length first strip it down and take the content and work backwards from there is your your ideas and the way that you put so like the last video that comes to mind is is ironically a video of you saying do more than one video right it's not just it's not just one video when you're sat there with that message in your head what is it 
that you first think of? Do you think what do you think of the audience first? How are they best going to receive it? Do you think of what how is it going to work best on the platform? Are you thinking which platform is that message going to be best on? I don't know if that question makes sense, and I'm, I struggle to, I to struggle to piece it together because there's obviously so many there's so many different there's so many different things, right? And like for for me, I've ended up going down like the YouTube first kind of route mainly because I mentioned my drum channel before. I, I, that's starting to to grow and that's the way that I've done that. Um, whereas with your, yourself, like I say, like the skits and things are, are like, what's the the thought process as such behind, first of all, having a message and the, and the type of content? Let's, let's break that down. So um, in terms of content that we post, yes, I think it's a great idea to mix everything up. Um, I never think that you should rely solely on one type of content or, or one medium of, of content in that sense, um, just because people consume in so many different ways. Um, sure, video is definitely a predominant focus for a lot of companies because it's audio, it's visual, it's, you know, it, it evokes emotion. It's a powerful way of, of communication, right? Yeah. Um, but then what about perhaps the older generation who maybe aren't on social media, who like to, to read? Maybe they like reading articles. Maybe they're a book person. Uh, what about people who don't have the time to watch or read and they would rather listen in a podcast example, you know, yeah. in, in the car on the commute. So I think it's very important to diversify what content or what type of content you create just because you hit so many different people. And I guess without, yeah. um, I guess in my case, I know that there's a lot of people who love video and I guess that's kind of who we're, who we're really targeting. But I also know that there's also a huge potential to change people's mindsets who perhaps don't, quite understand video just yet and we'll get to them through articles through blog posts through images through jumping on podcasts like this live streams um you know everything we try we try everything because you never know who people know um there was a great uh, a great graph and i'm going to brutalize this on the podcast because i don't know the specifics of it <laughs> i've actually got it up on, on my board next to me so there's imagine there's a pyramid split into five different columns right so the top three percent are the people that are ready to buy your product or service. Below that, you have 7% that are kind of on the fence. They know that they want what you offer, your product or service that you, you, you supply, but they're, I guess they're a little bit um, curious. They just need something else just to push them to make that purchase. Below that, you have a category that's about 30% of people that could be convinced if they wanted to. Again, they're a little bit behind the sort of the second the second category of people just because maybe they may not have known you for as long or they're yeah, you know yeah. they're struggling to understand what it is that you do but they understand that they need video at some point but it may not be a big focus you then have the 30 percent under that that just do not need what you do at all they don't know why they need it um it could pop up at some point in a you know in a couple of years uh, but for now it's not a massive focus and then you have the below 30 percent which is people who, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you're in front of them, they are never, ever, ever going to buy what you do. Yeah. You need to be hitting the top four different categories. So the top people who are ready to buy, the people who are on the fence, the people who could convert, and the people who don't really need you just now. They are the people that you need to be speaking to. Ignore the people who are never going to use your stuff. As much as, as you do, they are never going to convert because they are absolutely set in stone that what you do is not for them. Um, and you reach those people in different ways. Our way is video. There, you know, yours might be written. It might be podcasts. You never know where those people are all yeah. the time. We only really yeah. ever focus as marketers on the top 
3%, the people who are ready to buy right now, but just need that ad or that piece of content to push them over the line to convert. But we forget there is a plethora of other people who could convert into people in the long term. That's what we forget. We focus yeah. on the short term. We focus on instant gratification. We focus on instant return of investment. And if we haven't made our money back within the first month, or the first couple of ads, we're never doing it yeah. again because it's not worthwhile. Yeah. That is not the way to do it. I am so set in stone. We need to change our mindset, <laughs> yes. we need to change our strategy, we need to change just our thought process behind marketing in general. We are missing so many great potential people because they aren't right right now because we are so focused on the short term that we miss everything else. Um, and that is, you know, you can tell I'm passionate about that, right? A hundred percent. I've lived it. I've I've literally lived that, and I talked about uh, like being made redundant from the from the first job. That is exactly what it was. Literally, like reports three p.m. every day, a bigger report three p.m. every Friday, a bigger report again, summarising the report of the report at the end of every month, and then a big all reports, all instant gratif gratification, all you know, very much wanting the spreadsheets looking to be, I always say like the, 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 if the spreadsheets aren't green, they weren't happy. Do you know what I mean? There was never ever like, well, where can we improve? Like really, really looking at things and, and, and content strategy long-term um, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm going to, I'm going to avoid delving into that because I've been on so many rants about that and I'll, I'll not bore you, bore, bore you with the, with the rants on that. But like the corporate world, especially is exactly where that kind of um, thing, I think, I think lies massively and the, and, to, to even pull it back a little bit, because I kind of want this podcast to be, you know, valuable, even still to people that are just trying to build up a, a, a vlogging channel on YouTube and things like that. People, it, it all comes down to patience, really. Um, and I, there's, a, there's, you know, there's so many people, yourself included, um, uh, and many other people that are on that are on YouTube. They certainly didn't get to where they are, and, 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 and hundred thousand subscribers, even if it's ten. I'm only on two. 2,000 subscribers, I think, on, on, on the drum channel. That took, me, that took me like two, three years, do you know what I mean, uh, to, to, to get to that. It takes a, lot, a long time. People put the one video out, expect that one to go viral, hope it goes viral, or, or, or a few in a, in a month, and, and think that it's going to grow massively. And, it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it really isn't the, the case. And I think it come, probably comes back to what you're talking about, of actually enjoying it as well. If you're not enjoying it, or it's a slog, or it's like a, a chore and a, and, a, and a task, and you're just doing it to tick boxes, well, then it, well, then yes, you're always looking at going, what, what, what else am I getting out of it? I'm not enjoying it, so what else am I getting out of it? And if there's nothing in the short term, then it normally ends up getting binned off, doesn't it? It's hard. That's the, it's that's hard the issue. It tends to be led by the people who are perhaps of the older generation. You know, they've managed to build up this big business. They've now got a marketing team of people and they understand that they need to be doing video. It's always led with sales as, a, as the priority, which it naturally would be. You want to generate a return of investment on what you create, right? But... I think we undervalue the importance of patience. We undervalue the importance of building relationships and thinking long-term. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, it, it will take a long time for people to really understand that. Um, and unless people do it, you never really, you know, you can never really learn that, I guess. You, you, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a hard one. It's a really hard conversation to have because it's going to be, it's going to be controversial. There's going to be mixed opinions. Um, some people will say, well, it's down to the type of marketing that you do some type of marketing can generate instant return of investment and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we are as a society stepping into the way of building relationships and working with people really long-term here. Um, that's, that's what I think. That's that. And yeah, yeah. that's just my opinion. It's subjective, but um, that's really what I think. I agree. I agree. I think uh, to, to try and move it on a little bit, because again, I don't want to take up too much of your time and, and bore you too much. Although I know that I probably, I'm going to, and I probably already have. But in terms of creating content, you mentioned as well for for different people. I think one of the one of the 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 
traps I think I actually fell into uh, was trying to have a video or have a podcast and then and transform that into every other type of content, right? So like try, literally trying to put it down into Instagram stories, trying to like put it down into obviously blog format, written form, podcast, audio, video, micro clips. And then, but then I realized and I sit there and I go, well, I've spent a week on this and it's all came from one piece of, uh, one piece of content, which is an amazing thing to think of how much you, you can be posting and stuff. But then it also plays the reverse because in that time I then look and I go, well, Jack Gaysford has went and post, posted 10 different videos all with different messages and, in, and, and encapsulated the audience in a much more rounded version of, of my one video on, on bloody cash flow or, or you know, whatever it might be. Is there, a, is there a balance that you try and find uh, as well with that? And is there a bit of an approach that you have? You've, ju you've just, I think, or in the past couple of weeks, maybe months, as you mentioned, started on YouTube and things like that. Do you have a bit of a, a, an approach to different platforms? Is there a way that you try and balance out that time? Again, I know you, you said in the emails before this, you, you're not all linked in. Uh, and there's, there's so many other things that you do. So how are you finding the kind of the balance be between them, platform and actual, obviously, type of content in terms of blogs, audio, all that sort of stuff? Absolutely. So I think, um, I think one thing we need to really address is that, um, especially for the younger generation, you know, the millennials, the Gen Zs, they are heavily, um, heavily influenced by people who are doing very well in business. So people like Gary Vaynerchuk, people like um, Grant Cardone, you know, these yeah. successful- Uncle G. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fairly young entrepreneurs who have really found their niche and uh, found what they love to do. And you can tell that from the content that they create. But you've got to remember that these guys who are putting out the content that's saying create content, make 50 pieces a day, post it on every platform. They can do that because they have an army of people who do that for them. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, it's from their perspective. Yeah. We forget you know, 100%. as a guy, I, when, before I started, before I started V21, I watched a hell of a lot of Gary Vee. I was trying to understand how he'd done so well and why his content does um, incredible on social media, how he's yeah. got, you know, a couple of million followers on, on pretty much every platform. But you forget that that's probably 15, 20 years of work. I have done nothing to get to that point, <laughs> but, you know. Before, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, how has this guy done so well? And I've not even got... 10 followers on my social media channels you know yeah. um you've got to be very careful when you listen to people in that position because yes they have huge influence and you can absolutely hang on their every word and and execute what they say to the best of your ability but you've got to remember you are never in their situation you never have the size of company or the knowledge or the experience that they do behind you um yeah everybody's situation is very different um and i think that it's important that we really start to learn that in terms of how much you should be making, it depends on, on your situation. Posting 50 pieces of content like Gary Vee and Grant every day on social is irrelevant if you are a print manufacturer in a one-man band. You know, it's, it's irrelevant. You don't need to be on that much social media at the same time, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But especially when you're small, you know, if, if you're a young dude you know, or, or girl, if, you know, if you're a young person and you're just starting to make content, don't, don't worry about cutting it up onto everything. Unless you want to dominate social on your own, um, I, I, just, I just wouldn't bother doing it. Invest all of your time into the platform that you love, that you know that you can generate something from, whether that's followers or, or subscribers or business or clients. Focus on the one platform that you know is going to generate something in return. Perfect your craft. Um, practice, test, trial and error. 
Um, you know, you've, you've got to think long term. And truth be told, if you're just starting out, you won't be anywhere. You won't, you know, sorry, let me start again. If you, if you are young and you're just starting out, you won't get very far within, you know, the next couple of years. You've got to put dedication. Um, I feel like it's kind of like life's barrier and it's kind of like life's test to say, do you actually really want this? And if you do want this, you're going to be doing it for the next couple of years before you get anything. Um, it's, you know, it's entitlement. It's, it's as simple as that. People want straight away. They haven't put the work in. Uh, you've got to put the work in to, to get where you are. And again, this is not an ego boost or me being up my own ass or me being a dick. I have got to where I am with, a, you know, a good size network of about 20,000 really, really loyal people who, who follow and watch my content every single week because yeah. every single week for the last three years, I have made content pretty much every single day. Yeah. That is hard work. People don't think sometimes I'm up till 3, 4 a.m. making content. Not, wow. no, not, not as much anymore, but when I was starting out, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was really hard work. I mean, it's unsustainable, but it's hard work. So yeah. um, just be very careful with who you listen to and who you take your, your um, information from. Gary Vee and Grant and all these amazing entrepreneurs who are super successful are great. Yeah. Um, and they've made it that far because they've got great work ethic, but it's not, um, it's not what everybody needs to do. Um, people work differently. People work very differently, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's going to be some platforms that are irrelevant to a lot of people. Um, if you're if you're B two C and you're you know you don't need to build relationships, you don't need to um, show the insight of your business because it's more of a uh, a product. Perhaps maybe LinkedIn, maybe it isn't for you. Maybe Instagram or Facebook, so you can do some good ads. Is actually your focus. Um, so don't spend time on creating a hundred pieces of content for LinkedIn for that week. It's it's a waste of your time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, that's a huge, that's a big conversation, but that's kind of touching it, on the it, surface. It is, it is, a, it's a, it's a very big, um, it's a very big, yeah, very big conversation indeed. I, I felt, I felt straight into that that trap, and it was very much, um, but but on the same hand, it was very much what I was still, I was actually offering to, to clients in the early days. I mentioned before this, like like podcast stuff and chopping it down in America. That was very much what I was actually there to. That was very much what I, it was that I was doing. But I found it, um, and I've realised in, the, in these last few months when I've really tried to to absolutely hammer uh, content, mainly just through the the, the obviously the, the clients that I've dropped off and the extra time that you've now got, um, I, I've very much realised straight away. Um, well, not straight away actually, because it took me two years. But I very much realised now that that spreading your content too thin is probably you know it's it's again balance is, is a massive thing and when you like you say looking at grant cardone or whoever you, the context of who he's answering the question to as well and, and giving it to when he's saying post three thousand times a day he's probably talking to the, the the ceo or the cmo of adidas or nike do you know what i mean he's not he's not talking to to, to me or you exactly um so it's very easy to take those to take those headline um uh what's the what's the word sound sound bites uh, and and kind of trying and I've I've done that a, a bunch of times um, and 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 yeah exactly and taking it taking it maybe out of context even to try and to try and suit your own message or what it is that you're trying to to try and even tell yourself maybe you know um, but but with that you touched on about hard work and, and all that sort of stuff how is it that you uh, remain so consistent with your content in terms of people who obviously are wanting to create quite a bit of content it's not always easy to set the gear up every single time or or, or, or just find pockets of time in the in the week or what what's your what's your thoughts what's your productivity uh, hacks if you will uh, on on creating content consistently so how how i would do it for i guess my own personal content instead of the business is i would script uh let's say 
you know, 12, 15 videos um, over the course of maybe the month um, when I get the oh. time in, in the evenings, yeah. I will put all of that content together. So it'll be filmed over the entire course of a day. Um, wow. I might bring different clothes with me. I might just set up a shop very differently. Um, that does a couple of things. One uh, of the main reasons being that I can completely get in the mindset of that for that day, I'm not replying to emails. I'm not meeting people. I am absolutely yeah. in content creation mode. Um, that allows me to have, I guess, more of an eccentric personality. I think we, you know, we, we have different personalities. How I am with, say, like my partner is very different to how I am on camera. I'm trying yeah. to get people to get in contact, to reach out, to, you know, to feel more comfortable to message me. So I'm going to be a little bit warmer. I'm going to be a little bit more eccentric, a bit more attention grabbing, I guess, a little bit more animated. Whereas in real life, I'm, I'm just... I'm just like this. I'm just talking like a guy. <laughs> but that doesn't grab attention, yeah. right? You yeah. know? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I would be I would be in bed at like 4 a.m. if uh, 4 p.m. if I was that on it all the time. Um, and then it's essentially just um when we have time, or, or again, just blocking out the time, whether the guys are doing it, whether I'm doing it myself, just to put that content together. Um, and then that gives me enough content to post on the platforms that I want to every single every single week. So from 12, that is three videos a week if you're gonna put it over over a month. And again, yeah. the, the process just repeats itself. Um, I get, and you know, scripting that content over the course of a month then allows me to talk to different people and be inspired and motivated by different things. Um, it gives me time to really expand on ideas as opposed to um, make irrational decisions and very quick judgment and film something and put it out without really thinking about the implications. And I guess even down to the psychology of how people will consume that or perceive that video. Um, People are very, very quick to make content. It's pure passion and excitement to put something out. But a lot of people don't really take into consideration the repercussions of what they do post. Um, a lot of content is, you know, could be considered quite controversial and quite damaging, actually, if you really listen to what they're saying. Um, again, you know, when people are excited, they maybe sometimes say things that they don't necessarily mean because it's it's in the moment and they're they're fueled up and they're you know they're they're raring to go. So it allows me to really sit back read what I've wrote, make sure and double and triple and quadruple check that that is absolute fact. Um, and then I can sit down and, and put it all together. So it's, it's all bulk recorded. And that's how we work with our, uh, our clients as well. It's yeah. always bulk recording content. There is, you know, and, and some people work completely differently. So some people are so busy that they don't have the time to be able to do that dedicate an entire day to the production. And that's absolutely fine. You're just figuring out how you work, I guess. Some clients or some people that I know will record a video maybe three times a week in the evenings when they've finished work, just because they've now got the time to do it. Um, some people will maybe wake up an hour earlier, just so they've got that spare time. Um, we all work very differently. How I work, I like to dedicate time to be able to bulk record and get into the right mindset to be able to be animated and eccentric on camera. But that can't be said for everybody. Um, yeah. But that's how I have found I best work, how I make the best content, how I can streamline that process so that for the you know, for the next sort of three and a half weeks, I don't even have to think about filming content. I don't even have to have equipment out or anything like that. It's ready to go for client work. I can just crack on with, with the day-to-day -day of, of running the business. So that's, that's what I tend to do. And, you know, and I think it's important to say, and this is, this is, this is where it becomes confusing because I say to have everything bulk recorded a lot of the time and, you know, maybe 40, 30% of the time, I don't bulk record and it will be filmed in yeah. the moment because you have yeah. to mix up what you post. Um, yeah. Again, taking it back to the stuff about the office, that was pure 
emotionally evoked content that I was so excited and so emotional about that I just had to, I just had to have it on camera. You can't plan to feel a, a certain emotion, right? And it went absolutely crazy. If you were constantly professional and, and really high production all the time, people would then start to kind of distance themselves or see a, you know, a, a distance from the real and relatable and authentic approach. If you were too raw all the time and too personal, people might think you're a bit soppy and a bit too wet and a bit too emotional to, to work with. Yeah. Yeah, You've got to yeah, balance yeah. it out. Um, how much you make, I don't know. You, you're going to have to test it for yourself, guys, who, who are listening on the podcast. I don't know the answer. Um, but you will know if you, if you start to make some things out, you just test how people consume and you know, the level of engagement and the support that you receive. Um, it's, it's a hard one, but you've, you've got to balance it out. And the way that I do that, bulk record, film some raw stuff. If I'm feeling emotional, I might make a video. Um, you know, and and I, I guess I also understand that that needs to happen. So it's, it is a priority for me to do yeah. that. Um, yeah. A lot of companies just see it as, yeah, yeah, we'll do a bit of content marketing, just get somebody to do it. And, and that's that box ticked for, for that moment. Yeah. It needs to be made a priority. It needs to have a, a love and attention and care put into that. People who view that content will see behind um, that, that mask, if you're being somebody that you're not in person, um, they will see through that. They will absolutely see through that. Even just how you sit or how you talk or how you behave, people will really start to, to notice, um, you know, maybe Jack isn't feeling very good. Maybe he's forcing it. You know, that makes the viewer feel uncomfortable. Um, it's, it's a massive game of, of psychology. and I, I, It's fascinating. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it, mate. Uh, but that's that's how I work. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm going to ask you a quick question. This is more, more so for my own personal uh, reference. How are you, how are you how are you managing content in terms of workflow of content? Are you like in terms of like I'm talking like apps and productivity stuff? Because I find that I've kind of dropped everything into. I used to use Monday.com, which I used to swear by, and then I started to to use it a little bit less and less. I'm on I'm on Trello for a lot of stuff now. Is there anything like that for efficiency for you? Is it you know, an Excel spreadsheet, and if it is, that would make me want to vomit. But it, what is it that you're, what is it that you're using for, you know, to kind of track those things and, and, and maybe, you know, uh, keep ideas aside and scripts and, and things like that. That's that's a really, 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 really good question that I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of value from. Um, and again, it's totally dependent on your situation, how your brain works. We all work in very different ways. We all consume in different ways. It's like in school, you know, you have the very smart kids who completely understand the know the theory side the written word whereas I was always a much more of a hands-on guy a much more creative guy I didn't really take information from reading and I don't know if it was maybe a bit of dyslexia or something but I just didn't learn like that so people are gonna have very different processes um so um yeah so so word of warning this is just how I work best so I use monday.com a lot of the time I find monday.com is really um satisfying just because you can yeah. literally tick off things that you've done it's green it's completed you're like cool I yeah. have achieved what I need to achieve for that day brilliant I can go <laughs> home I can I can chill out for the content side of things it's all uh, it's just in the desktop it's just on a folder on my desktop so I can literally open it up now I'll call it the traffic like approach um of way okay. of doing it so I'll have three different folders, um, one that's red, one that's amber, one that's green. The red will have wow. content that is ideas, content that I need to film, content that I'm still scripting. The middle, which is content that is filmed and needs to be edited. Um, and then green is complete. So in, in I guess, the, the kind of need to film section, which is the red, which is the point that might take me a couple of weeks. There'll be content sitting in there that I've maybe thought about that I haven't really got around to scripting just yet. 
uh, that I just want to double check that um, everything I've written in that script is is right. And again, each folder within that folder will have a traffic like approach as well. So if it's red, it hasn't been planned. If it's orange, it'll be scripted. If it's green, it needs to be filmed. Um, it's just how I work. So I can literally go in. I know what colors mean what. I know what stage every thought and, and script is at. Um, in the editing folder, so in the amber stage, again, it's split into three different three different yeah. folders. Uh, yeah, stop, yeah. medium, and go. Um, there's a pre-template, which essentially I've filmed that content, and it's the raw footage of that, so it hasn't properly yeah. been edited just yet. Um, there'll be ready for template, so it's when I've put that content together, that main video is ready to go into the main template. So, you know, sometimes I'll spend half a day just bashing out edits without putting them into proper templates. Um, yeah. And then once they're in the template, they'll go into the green, which is waiting for captions. So that, you know, it's, it's a whole absolute mess. No, that is not a mess. I, I absolutely love that. And I'm glad that you said that because I, I've been struggling for so long with that. And I've actually got a very similar setup in Trello across across the different so that's so that's quite that's quite handy to know <laughs> but it's also quite annoying it's also quite annoying that um that that you're obviously doing it a lot more efficient than me in terms of content so <laughs> so i still need so what it's telling us is i've got the right system i just now need to put my arse into gear to actually to actually do it but that's an interesting is there anything else that you use a, a, alongside that or is that pretty is that pretty much it? It's Monday.com, I guess, just the traffic light approach with my own with my own foldering system, I guess. Um, and just things like Evernote as well, just to write. So even before you've reached the traffic light system, it's just <laughs> if I have a thought that maybe not, not be a proper thought, I'll, I'll write it down. Um, even just not in terms of content, but just things I need to do for the business. Um, again, just having a look at it, it's, it's actually quite tragic. All of it's color coded and it's, it's following the traffic light system, which is shocking. <laughs> Uh, but it's just how I—it's just how I work. I'm very visual. If I can jump into a folder and instantly know at what stage everything in that folder is at, it makes me—it makes my life so much easier. I don't have to sift through and go through notes saying, "Oh no, that—that was—that was in the stage of it needs to be done." Okay, oh, hang, I haven't color coded that. Everything is everything is monitored. Everything is tracked. Everything is color coded. It's just how my brain works. Um, other that. people are going to find it, you know, bullet pointing things on Evernote, things on Monday.com that you can tick off. Um, you can literally set individual boards for things like things that need to be edited you can set categories for are they waiting for editing have they been edited do they need to be edited um what sort of editing do they need you can write notes some people are going to find that really helpful i'm not sponsored by monday.com by the way but that's you know a nice, <laughs> nice little plug for them but yeah. um everybody's going to work differently and you know and the most unorganized people in the world might just want it on a, on a word document that says version one new 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 you know it's, it's that's that's how people yeah. work um, so <laughs> that's how I used to, that's how I used to do it. Um, and it just wow. became an absolute mess incredibly fast. So, yes, um, yes. that's my, that's my process. The traffic light system. I need to call it like a fancy name or something. Don't I like yeah, yeah, V2 yeah, yeah. branded? I don't know. Yes, V21. V21. Yeah, oh my 100%. God. Done. V21. Ready, steady, go. V21. There we go. Traffic light approach system. Mate, if this doesn't go live in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be chasing you because I'll be disappointed if not. But uh, I, I absolutely love that. It's funny that you mentioned about the uh, folder and thing because there was a mate, a mate of mine who works in um, uh, in kind of in sort of construction um, sort of stuff. He he was literally I can't remember if he actually went and done it, but he, a product that he was selling was quite literally his foldering system. 
That was what that was something that that was something that he decided to sell. So I think there's a I think there's a market there for that. That's uh, it's it's really really interesting. But it's it's funny uh, not not to not to bore everybody with this too much. But it's funny because I was on Monday.com. Um, I'd be interested to know perhaps how you have that set up. But I I, I found that I just had. The long it just became the longest list so long that it just it just took it took like 10 15 seconds to just to load um there was just so many you know potentially unnecessary stuff i don't i don't really know but again it's just it's to the point of it it's just so anal it's ridiculous um like each each that i have lots of different categories i guess if you're not using monday.com this part might be completely irrelevant to you but i keep listening yeah. just just to figure out i guess if ever you do use it Again, not sponsored by them. I'm not giving you a, a Mate, product I've demo. Done, I've already done a few videos where I've mentioned Monday.com, 100%. I wish I was sponsored by them. <laughs> you know, if you get to that stage where you have got so much to manage, just to have it written down and categorized and color-coded, it, I find uh, you know, immense value from that. But um, you know, I've got lots of different workspaces, I guess, in there. I have things like um, you know, lead pipelines. Um, I have things like editing pipelines, that sort of stuff. So everything that's in the in the traffic light folders is also on Monday.com, by the way. So I've got I've got, got a backup of, of a backup. So um, to that point, but you know things like lead management, what what stage everybody's at, um, you know what what current stage every client is in, things that I need to do again following the traffic light system in terms of things that I need to do today, um, and in, in there I've got things that I'm working on, things that aren't done, things that have been completed, um, things that I need to do soon in another category within that workspace. Um, Things that I can do in the future, editing. You know, it's it's that you know, it's that'll bore the socks off people listening. But it's it's all categorized, <laughs> and again, it's going to depend on how you work. I just I just flow so much easier when I know I can come into work, and with literally just looking, in thirty seconds, I know exactly what I've got to do. I know what needs to be done. Um, it's you know, it's it's so much better for time management in that sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how kind of how I do it really. So quality versus quantity is the next thing. You've already mentioned it. Um, you've already done videos on it, posts on it, and, and all sorts. This is one that'll be a, a micro clip, straight onto LinkedIn. Quality versus quantity. Jack Gaysford, what's your thoughts? <laughs> quality versus quantity. Now this is a this is a very 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 interesting. Um, someone said controversial conversation, I guess. Yes. Um, it completely depends on two things, I guess who you're talking to and what you want that content to achieve and also how you want to be perceived by the viewer. So for example, at the moment we're seeing a lot of people making content on their iPhones. We're making people, you know, we're seeing a lot of content that is just very quickly cut up from a zoom call and FaceTime and those sorts of things. I understand the value and I understand why people do that. It's, it's from a time perspective so that they can get the most content out of their time that they possibly can. Um, for me, that sort of stuff doesn't work mostly because what we offer is video and I want yeah. almost to show and not tell what we do. Um, again, going back to the start, don't do what I say to do, do what I do essentially. Yeah. Um, so it, it completely depends on your situation. Now there's going to be a lot of people who are fairly small on LinkedIn who are just starting out with content, in which case I think that don't worry about having the huge production quality and, and crazy audio and you know stupid, stupid, wacky, colorful lights and things like that in the background because it's irrelevant. At, at your stage, it's about building relationships, connecting with people, a bit of networking, and it's, it's mostly about the content itself. 
it's still very similar when you get to, I guess, the stage that I'm at or the higher production stuff, except it just looks more professional. So when you are talking to people who are maybe a little bit more, um, a little bit larger of an organization, you know, I'm, I'm talking like the Nike, the Adidas, the, you know, Virgin, um, you know, Sky, those sorts of people yeah. of the world, the quality of your content is going to give the perception that you are both professional and that you know what you're doing. Um, say, for instance, I was, I was trying to um, attract the marketing manager from Adidas. Fine, they might consume an iPhone video, but they're going to, I guarantee you, they are going to massively, um, massively appreciate a piece of content that is, has a much higher production because their production in their company is high. You know, they, they are a credible company. They want to work with credible companies. That's, how, that's kind of how I see it. And I'm sure that there'll be people out there saying, but it's more about the content. It's more about the connection. And I totally get that. Um, I guess, you know, I, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, of a video guy. So I'm always going to go with the high production stuff. Um, but high production doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, crazy studios. I, I mean, even this call, even this podcast right now, I would, I would consider fairly you know fairly okay production on my side i wouldn't i wouldn't be so sure but uh <laughs> i'll send you when it's done you might want you might want that bit edited out <laughs> but i think it also comes down to like what you have at hand there's another saying that the best camera that you have is the, is the camera that you have with you um and it's so true if you've got a mobile phone like mobile phones especially on the new iphones the camera quality in these it is it's actually incredible it's actually incredible um, and we're seeing companies like Santander and Barclays are literally make commercials on TV out of people's iPhone footage. What? That's mad. <laughs> exactly. It it's insane. It works, insane. Right? Uh, but it's, it's about the message that you're giving. The reason that it works is because at the moment, maybe not in a year's time when you're listening to this podcast, if we're post COVID, but at the moment we are still kind of in lockdown a little bit. Absolutely. Um, people yeah, are, yeah, people yeah. are missing connection with their family. This content works because it's authentic and because it's raw and because it's personal. I don't think it would work so much if business was as normal and it was literally about how much attention can you grab and can you grab people's engagement straight away. Um, you know, the reason we're resonating with iPhone stuff and, and I guess the lower quality stuff at the moment is because it's real and because it's from people. Um, yeah. That can't be said all the time. When we're busy, we, we want to see something that's different. We want to see something that stands out. We want to see something that's had love and attention and care put into Absolutely. the production of that content. Um, so it, it completely depends on what you're after. Again, going back to it, I am after people who want to produce very high level quality content for their own business. And the way that I do that is show them what we can do. Um, if you are, you know, if you're a digital marketer, if you're a recruiter, perhaps that level of production might not be needed. Maybe it's more about building those relationships that you're after. Totally depends on what you're after. Um, so yeah, it totally, it totally depends. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and you, you touched on, and we've touched on already the, the, the idea of, uh, of, of, of create, or document versus create. Perhaps again, because I think it was coined, again coined, coined by Gary V. Is that people assume it's like a, it's a vlog? It's people, someone following you around with a camera. I need to hire someone to follow me around with a camera, or I need to. But it's not necessarily that because you've documented, and again, it's about being, as you say, about um, authenticity. You literally document. You documented actually getting your hair cut, right? You're going to think I'm nothing but an absolute grade A stalker, but every time I go on LinkedIn, your videos are there, and it's documenting stuff like that. And again, it's the it's the you know an authentic side so document i think it needs to be clarified it can also include you know stuff like that of things that are just going on uh, about your day but anyway do you have any thoughts on that a balance in the like original pure platform first kind of content versus documenting little clips from podcasts and, and all that sort of stuff 
Good question. So I don't necessarily think document content means that you have to hire a videographer and team people to put that content together. I think that it just, even just breaking it down to its simplest forms, like just creating little micro memories, I guess, things like that. But in the business world, um, uh, and again, for people who um, didn't quite get that, that quote, I, um, I, I filmed myself shaving my head um, in, in, in lockdown. Um, Like, I don't know why I did that. I just, I guess I just thought it was funny. And loads of people yeah. liked it. I actually generated business from that, which is hilarious, just because people buy wow. for people. There you go. And that was there you all go. that that person needed to go, you're a nice person, let's do some stuff together. So the salesy stuff doesn't, it's not always, you know, it's not always a focus. Actually, the stuff mm-hmm. that is completely, almost anti-sales works better. Um, yeah. But documenting, it's just creating memories. Like, um, especially if you can have a, a place to host that, like a, like a YouTube channel. Um, there's a, there's a, a great, great, great company called The Goat Agency up in London. Um, yes. Social media influencer marketing agency, right? These guys make daily vlogs. Um, they have pretty much all the team get behind the camera at some point, you know, in, in that content creation journey. At some point, there will be something that pops up that they are so happy that they've captured. It might be someone falling off a bike. It might be that someone's had an amazing day and suddenly comes out the office and celebrates. But capturing those memories and I guess just, just recording that experience is so valuable to, to them as an organization from an employer brand, from a talent acquisition perspective, but also from the clients that are looking to potentially work with them. Like it's, again, it's just showing that they're real people. And again, you have to have that balance between the documentary stuff or the raw stuff in comparison to perhaps the really, really targeted specific value give professional, um, using air quotations there for people who are listening. Content. <laughs> You know, you've got to have the balance. People, and again, going back to the pyramid at the start, people are at very different stages of their buyer journey. Some don't know that they need you. Some absolutely want you. Some are just waiting for that that right bit of content to convert. And each type of content, regardless of whether it's documentary, raw, authentic, professional, value give, educational, entertaining, it's hitting a type of person that could convert and, and, and could need your products and services. So balancing it out. Um, but I guess... To really kind of um, to touch upon that one, documentary does not mean that you need a, a videographer. It means that you just need to be, I guess, on the ball and um, and have complete transparency with what you do. And uh, you know, it even comes down to, um, I guess, you know, how how confident you are as a person on camera. Um, mm. If you are, if you don't want to show the behind the scenes, or you don't want to show, um, you know, how you feel, or you don't want to show the insight because maybe you're concerned that you're going to be um you're going to be trolled or you're going to receive negativity or people won't support you then you don't have to document this this is just another category of content that can help grow and bring awareness to to your business or your personal brand um there is no there are there are no written rules with what you have and and have not to do and and sorry for that what did i say that that was terrible there's no written rules that you have got to and don't have to do that's what i mean um (laughs) It's down to your personality. It's down to your confidence levels. It's down to your experience, your knowledge behind content marketing and, and producing content. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm really making this a prominent reply just because I want people to understand I am talking from my perspective. I have been creating content for a very, very, very long time. I had a YouTube channel when I was about 16 that was focusing on gaming content that had about you know 15, 20,000 subscribers, which I'd built up. Uh, really? for, you know, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, wow, wow. You, you dismissed that in a, and again, proper grade A stalker. I've seen you do that video. You mentioned that channel. You totally dismissed it as if it was nothing. 
Wow, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I used to have a gaming channel. I used to play things like Call of Duty and um, Grand Theft Auto, and I guess just sort of some sort of indie games and stuff. Uh, it was just I was 16. I had some time after school, and I was just playing it. I just thought I'm just gonna record it just for fun. Um, that Love channel it. is now deleted. It was called Gaysford's Games, if you want to know the answer to it. But I, I <laughs> uh, you know, going to the personal, I guess, of it, I, I was so badly bullied in school for having that channel. And I just thought, like, it's just not worth it anymore. I, I hadn't really? built up that confidence in myself to say, wow. I enjoy it, which is why I'm doing it. It was, I was very heavily bullied by it. So I deleted it and um, that never really, that never really stopped. Um, but I think just from doing it for so long, and I guess learning from that experience, that it doesn't actually matter what these people do. Um, you know, I, 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 not again, not necessarily an ego boost. That the people who were judging me, I guess, when they were in school, are now, you know, I guess in a very different situation to to mm. how I am. I guess. Um, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a tough one, but um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's not for everybody. You have to you have to go at the pace of that you're comfortable with, and you have to go at the stage of, of where you are most confident. For a lot of people, that might not be full transparency, uh, but yeah. because I've been doing this for ten years, I am able to do that, and I could not care less about the people who think I'm a I'm a cock or or think I'm an idiot or <laughs> too much. You know, I don't yeah. care because I generate business because I have a huge amount of support mm. from other people, uh, and because yeah. it makes me happy doing this i love doing this I, I even if i didn't get anything from it i would still do it because it's it's just the way that i i don't know i i i, I express myself the way that i i love trying new things i love i love just being creative so i would do it even if i didn't get anything from it um wow so yeah that's it's yeah there's, there's a there's a lot to that story um there i won't is, dive into it is. too much but um, you know, I, I haven't just kind of popped up on social. I've, I've been doing this for, for a fairly long, even for 23. You know, people disregard yeah. age and think, oh, he's 23. He mm. can't, know, can't know that much. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, yeah. you know, I've been around social media since, you know, the first kind of phone. I used to have a Sony Ericsson, Sony Walkman, I think it was. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Things Same. like that. When Facebook came out, yeah. I was straight on it. You know, yeah. I've had a lot of experience with this sort of stuff. And I feel like I've, I've had a good amount of years to really learn the craft and, and really what yeah. it takes to start building up your presence on there. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, it's funny. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, and, and actually, same here. But again, on the uh, I mentioned the drum channel, the music stuff. Um, very much the same, actually. I, I, like Most of my time was spent like recording little drum covers and, and video stuff. Um, and I, and I can't remember if I've mentioned this before. I've, I've like watched some of that back actually only a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, you know, it's actually still on YouTube. But uh, um, but but that was like what uh, 2007, 2008, something like that. It would have only been nine or nine or ten, like knocking out these little drum covers and stuff. And um, and and same here. And, and funny enough, that when you mentioned about um, when you you made the point, like even though I'm only 20, um, 23, I'm very much the same thing again. Back in the the corporate world, it was like, well, what do you know of produce these ideas or throw these ideas forward about Facebook and whatever else and it was very much like straight away from like the middle age uh, Dan uh, Kelsall I've started using this phrase far too much uh, for my own good but like middle aged white gammon men from one of his last posts that was literally the experience that I had in the, in the, in the, the corporate world but it was very much that it was the, the middle aged white gammon <laughs> men working in marketing uh, that it's been the same since like the 80s, 90s. Um, you know, they've literally been in that field since then. Uh, you know, people like myself and obviously a bunch of other people um, are by no means uh, the first. Go, 
about Facebook? Why don't we do this on Facebook? And so uh, the, the one yeah, that yeah, always yeah. used to come back, it always used to come back. Uh, like, what do you know? You've never even heard the sound of dialogue. Literally, those words. What? Just that was the instant dismissal to any kind of new. Techn- I say new. Facebook, Christ, Facebook has been around ten years, and so what, it's not yeah, yeah. literally a decade. Not uh, not all that new. Um, and yeah, I was like, well, it's like you've spent your entire life with an internet connection. And I was like, well, yeah, so surely enough, I've got the better insight. Not to, you know what I mean? And you're never dismissing anybody else's opinions, but when, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just an interesting point that you made that you often get dismissed despite, you know, for your age, but despite the fact that you've been on it, like, you know, mm-hmm. same here, 10, 10, 10 years more. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an instant dismissal, uh, which, mm-hmm. is, which is quite a funny one. So, um, yeah, and I'm not sure if that's maybe just my perception of it, just because I am 23, and maybe it's just that I, th- I think that that's how people feel. I'm sure a lot of people actually are, are very, um, are very open to the younger generation and completely yeah. take their advice. Um, but just from experience, there are definitely a handful of people out there who completely disregard what we say just based on age. There are some incredibly, incredibly successful entrepreneurs who are in their teens you know, who have achieved far more than somebody in their 50s and 60s, just in terms of building a business or or that sort of stuff. Never, ever disregard age, just because I I reckon you will be so surprised with what people can bring to the table. You'll be massively surprised. I've not got much more to add than that, but that is going to make a a bloody good clip on LinkedIn. That's what that is. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to, I'm I'm conscious of time, so I want to try and get through the the next bits without without rambling on too much to... Uh, for, for your sake and your sanity. Um, getting creative with ideas or remaining, I think actually is probably the more important part, remaining creative with ideas. Again, the, the, the skits and sketches and stuff never ever um, fails to, to, to one, make me laugh actually, but like to amaze me in a sense that it's always original stuff that I see coming from, from you. How, how do you manage to do that? One of the questions is a bit later on, so we'll tie it. We'll tie it in. Are you taking inspiration from anybody? Who? What are you kind of looking for 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 influence and uh, and things like that? Um, God, I I don't know the answer to that. Um, it kind of it kind of just happens. Um, yeah. You know, it might be like when I wake up in the morning at you know half six seven, I'll just be in the shower and be like, oh, that's a really good idea. Write that down. It might be yeah. when I'm just going to bed and I'm exhausted, and then suddenly my brain has just gone bang ideas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. So it, it, it just, yeah. just happens. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it, though, is, is really, if I was going to be you know, theoretical about it and practical, it would be talk to a lot of people. Really immerse yourself in the platform that you're trying to post content onto. Mine is LinkedIn, and I think because I've come from a background of um, something that is so creative in terms of YouTube and taking that into a very professional platform, naturally, and this isn't an ego boost again, I'm not being a cop when I say this, but naturally my content is going to look slightly different to everybody else's just because I have experience in another platform. A lot of people are starting out on LinkedIn. If you are watching this, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you are on LinkedIn, I would imagine that you are in the mindset of that it's going to be sales driven. It's going to be a bit more corporate. Perhaps you just don't have that creative thinking and that's okay. That's fine. Um, but how I, it, it does just, it just, it just happens. Um, and it's like I said earlier, mate, it's, you know, I absolutely love making content. Um, even if it didn't go crazy, I would still get joy out of just watching that back again and having a laugh at myself when I'm <laughs> yeah, editing yeah, that yeah, and yeah. filming it because yeah. it makes me grow. And again, I'm a massive, um, I massively appreciate, I massively understand the importance of really thinking long-term and being patient with things like self-growth and, and you know, self-confidence. I am where I am now, even though I feel 
as, as confident as I can possibly be, I know that in 10 years time, I'm going to be even more confident. I'm going to have learned yeah. so much more about marketing, mm. about content. Uh, and looking back to where I am currently now, I'm going to think this, this guy knows absolutely nothing. Um, so, you know, I understand that we're, we're going we're gonna to grow in that sense. But yeah, in, in terms of ideas, just engage yourself with, with the platform, speak to people, see what people are making. Um, you know, what, what, what do you enjoy consuming? Um, there's, um, there's, 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 a, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn. No, I'm not going to name names, but um, there's a lot of people that I, I, I guess I'd say I take slight inspiration from just in terms of perhaps how they market themselves or the topics that they talk about. Um, even, you know, a really good piece of advice would be find out who the influencers are on the platform and who have a very good um, say and just see what they're creating because more than likely it's going to be based on heavy research uh, and, and, um, and experience of what, yeah. what has and hasn't worked and just do your take on what they're, what they're doing. It might not go crazy, but it's, again, it's just jumping on, I guess, the bandwagon of what could be trendy yeah. at the time or what's a topical or textual piece of content. Um, so that's always, that's always a good option to do. Again, don't steal that idea, uh, but just do it in your own way. Um, and again, going back to, I guess, things like the YouTube things, I am a massive fan of things, people like, um, James Matthews, who is a, a, an amazing videographer, Peter McKinnon, again, an amazing yeah. cinematographer and photographer, both very creative guys. Um, even down to people like Casey Neistat, who are creative, but have a huge amount of business acumen behind them. Yeah. Like yeah. I have watched these guys for gee, I don't even know, like five, six years, maybe. And part of what they do is kind of just embedded in me. So now it's, I guess yeah. it's habitual for me to, to do this sort of style or do this sort of content yeah. just because I, I, love, I love it myself. Um, but just immerse yourself with the platforms that you like watching content from. And I guess just, just be inspired by that and, and try things out, how other people have done it. Again, develop your own voice over time. Um, but I think it's important just to, really support and 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 be part of the platform that you're trying to grow on don't be entitled don't create content and expect people to support you if you aren't supporting them if you're a youtuber and you're just posting content and keeping fingers crossed that you know people are going to find you it's not going to happen especially right now you've got to go and, and reply to people in the comment section you've got to leave top comments on posts you've got to be dming influencers and saying hey do you just fancy a 10 minute chat or making a video, most will say no, but you just need that one person to say yes. And you've, you've got yeah. on to the next level. It yeah. takes time. You know, it's, it's, um, people forget that people really forget yeah. that, but immerse yourself in the platform, talk to people, be inspired by influencers, um, watch a lot of content and just have a bit of fun with it. That's, that's all yeah. I ever say. If you're not having fun with it, people will see through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, two, two very quick points that I want to, I want to jump on that is that there's, there's a bit of a, um, I, I don't know if I should pin this one to Gary Vee because I don't know if it has came from him, but he, a lot of people talk about create more than you consume. Um, and I have actually think I've, I've got a pretty decent balance. You can't consume content uh, or you can't create content, I don't think, without actually initially consumed it. People going on to TikTok and, and trying to work out what they're going to post on there, they don't know what they're going to post until they see what's happening. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a big, big thing. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manage to move this on because in terms of influence and sticking on that a little bit, um, I mean, it's like literally no understatement to say that you've been a, a, a big influence somewhat on, on a lot of the content that I, I don't, want to, I don't even want to say the content that I make, but like the, even the, the way that things are, are, are framed and things like that. And it brings me on uh, to the, the content uh, checklist. I want to do this as like a bit of a, a quick fire thing because, um, yeah, again, I don't want to bore you, bore you too much with stuff, but as a, as a 
you talk about ego boosts, he has one for you, okay? So I now think I can spot your clients on LinkedIn based on the way that the videos are framed, right? So when I, when I, when I stop and I spot the videos and, and I'm uh, like, I think it's like um, a, a classic Jack Gaysford edit, right? Um, which, is, which, is, which is like a, a, an amazing thing, right? So as a, as a quick checklist, and you've already done, um, you've already done videos on, on all of these or, or talked about them, um, so it's not you know, giving away any, um, any secrets and, and stuff like that. But um, funny that you mentioned about the, the, the design stuff, and this would explain the first one, which is thumbnails. So I want to go through that, a bit of a post-production kind of a, a checklist and, and kind of social media, optimizing stuff for social media sort of thing. So anyway, thumbnails uh, is number one. Uh, some quick thoughts on, on you from that, because it's not something I do much of, but every single time I've, I've stopped, um, there's always been a, a, a bloody good looking thumbnail on your content. Are you resetting yeah, the, the camera, camera there to the capture this one? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a clip, I know it. Um, yeah. Okay, so thumbnails. Um, thumbnails have got to be, they, 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 they're there. they've got to be priority. Uh, a lot of people don't do them because they take too long or they don't see the value in them. Um, the value isn't necessarily in, I guess, the the um, the short term. It's if you ever host that content on something like YouTube or Vimeo, it just adds another layer of professionalism that shows that you've cared for that piece of content. Um, even just down to, I guess, like the semantics of it, it allows you to create your own tone of voice. It, it allows you to create your own style. It allows you to attract the right types of clients. Um, and like you said, a lot of the content um, that we make for clients definitely has influence from i guess our editing perspective yeah, um, yeah. But it's never not what the client wants and i want to make that just very clear for people on the podcast clients have asked for this style so it's you yeah know, we can create any style that the client wants it <laughs> yeah. so happens that because people like our content they want something very similar so we can do that that's that's kind of i just wanted just to just to doubly make sure I that people, people just click another that. Just that. It makes sense. Um, no it's cool but no thumbnails are, thumbnails are crazy crazy important um every piece of content you put out has to has to have one um unless again you know this is where it gets so complicated unless it's a very raw and authentic piece and it's just in the moment emotion it doesn't need one and i think that actually adding yeah. those maybe even detracts from the authenticness of that content and in an in the moment i guess emotionally evoked piece um, but yeah, thumbnails, um, thumbnails are hundred percent priority. Makes sense. Next one, titles on content. Titles on content, um, they need to be backed by a lot of research in terms of what keywords people are currently searching for who are consuming that content. Um, I guess as an example, if I was creating a video around, um, top five things that marketers need to be doing right now, let's just say. I now need to do my research, whether that's in something like SEMrush or Google Trends, or just based on what content is in the feed and what people are engaging with, what are the most frequent words, or what is, I guess, the, the kind of most trendy conversations that people are having. That might be that people are talking about AI. So I'm gonna include AI in the title just because more people want to consume content or are consuming content around that particular word. It might be something like, instead of, five things that marketers need to be doing. It could be that AI should be made a priority in your marketing as well as these. That in creates intrigue. It creates people yeah. going, well, what are, what are these meaning? You know, um, we've got one, we want to hear more of them. It's trying to create that initial investment of people's time and people's engagement. Once you've got that, the chance that they're going to watch and consume the rest of that, especially if it's things like a list or you know, a, a numer numerical order of, of, um, of value, people are going to want to hear the end. Um, 
it's content where it just says everything at the start. If I started a video with that and said, you know, AI, this, this is what you need to be doing. People have already got that information, so they don't need to watch the rest of the video. Um, a really good trick, um, and just, just diving off here a little bit, I know it's supposed to be quick fire, but if anybody has heard of Ty Lopez before, uh, an incredibly smart marketer, you might know him from, um, here's my Lamborghini in my garage. Here in my mean, garage, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here in my garage. garage. Um, but how he, how, he, um, how he puts together those commercials are incredible. He'll start off with, you know, this is it. He might have quite a flashy background. The cameras are always moving. So the psychology behind that is we never know what's going to happen next. We're going to be more inclined to watch more. He never actually gets to the value. He'll keep you out. He might diverge a little bit and start talking about a car or a port or his mansion. And then he might get back yeah. to it and say, actually, you know what? We've, this video has been too long. Sign up for my email marketing list and I'll tell you the answer. But you've already reached that point. You've already watched the video. So of course you're going to yeah. want to find out, right? So titles are there to create intrigue, to create uh, emotion, to get people to react. That's, that's what they're there for. Absolutely. Uh, progress bars, next one. You made a YouTube tutorial on these as well. Progress bars, I think, um, yeah, I think they, they can be important. I think that if it's um, perhaps maybe not as much of a uh, exciting video, maybe it's more of an educational or a value gift. So perhaps the camera's sort of not really moving. There's not much happening in the background, maybe. Um, I guess, you know, if it was just a piece of camera like that, it's good just to show that viewer how long that video is. Um, if they see that it's moving really, really, really slowly, they probably won't watch it. So progress bars are really good when you've got a shorter clip, maybe 60 seconds, a minute and a half, because it moves a lot faster. So for the psychology behind that, the viewer's thinking, cool, I'm progressing through this video. I'm already halfway through, so I'm just going to continue to watch the rest yeah. of it. It's, it's just, it's all about the psychology of how people consume. Um, I have it so that the, the, the text kind of changes color as it goes through. Some people yeah. will just have the bar at the sort of the bottom of their screen in their color. Some people like, um, who does it really good? Like Lad Bible on Instagram will have it so it goes around the whole, yeah, the whole thing, yeah, which is yeah, incredible. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's just brand association. The small little design elements build up brand recognition and memorability. And I would like to say that I've kind of got to the point that anybody who kind of uses that bar end up kind of thinking of, us just because we've done it for such a long time now and i guess we've kind of set that brand design yeah, in you, certainly have. Uh, you know and again it's just playing best playing around with it just having a bit of fun with it seeing what works uh, and i guess just sticking to something that you feel confident just looks really good that you can kind of yeah um just change things around but that was completely potluck i did it once and i thought oh that looks pretty good so i just continue to do it and i guess adapt that style really very, very quick one. You get asked about this all the time. Um, subtitles. Subtitles, um, again, it depends on, you know, it depends on, um, whether, it depends on whether it's a raw piece or a professional piece of content. Raw, again, I think captions sometimes deter from the authenticity of that content. Um, they look like it's been produced when it doesn't need to be. Um, again, you could just go think about who are you really targeting? If your, um, you know, if your market are perhaps deaf, for instance, they're going to absolutely need captions. There's, there's no other way around it. Um, yeah. Some people like to just read them as, as part, of that, uh, part of that enjoyment of, of um, consuming yeah. that content. Um, some people don't need them. Um, you know, it depends on, on who you're targeting. I always say if it's for social media and if it's, if it's for business purposes, again, just going into, I guess, what time people are consuming, what people are doing when they're watching that, um, you know, if you're posting in the morning on LinkedIn, it needs captions because people are going to be commuting. People aren't going to have their audio on, on their phone. They're going to want to read what you have to say. Um, but it, you know, it's, it depends on, depends on what you're doing. If you're creating a piece of content for 
an event, for example, it's going to be it's going to be displayed in front of thousands of people. You don't need captions because people are there to hear it and experience yeah. it. Yeah. So totally depends. Totally depends on who and where and what and when and how. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember how much you do with these actually, but end cards finishing off the videos, any call to actions. Uh, obviously, again, as you say, it's going to be contextual to the piece of content you make and whether it's raw and all the rest of it. But um, any, I, I see. One of the first people that I saw do it was 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 your dad was Mark Gaysford, uh and and Shay I think is another one, uh, but anyway yeah if you have any thoughts on end cards that you want to that you want to throw into the to the mix on that I use um, I guess the end of my videos with a very very clear call to action that's very simple to follow it might be leave a comment or leave a like I'm not trying to take anybody away from the platform just because they probably won't they'll want to stay invested in that platform and consume more so I use that end piece as a chance to now that I know for absolute fact that those types of people have watched all of my content right to the end I now use it yeah. as a subtle way just to say also I work for v21 so I have a v21 logo at the end that will literally be it it will pop up in the center explode and the v21 logo will come out um, it's you know it's just subtle brand recognition um, if people like my content and like me and then at the end after watching the full three minute video getting immense value from that being entertained and, and suddenly V21 pops up, they might go, oh, I didn't actually, what's, what's V21? It's just thinking about what people do after they consume. Um, yeah. Again, it depends on what platform you're on. YouTube, you need calling cards because you want people to click on more of your content. So it's not in perhaps the watch more, but it's actually yeah, 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 yeah. video. Um, it might be a direct link back to your channel. Um, on LinkedIn, not so much, just because you can't actually create sort of clickable calling cards. It's more of yeah, a kind yeah, of, of I'm Shay or I'm Mark or I'm Jack follow me on LinkedIn, but then I just feel like you can say that much faster um, mm. and saying it is actually a lot easier uh, and is more emotionally evoking just from a viewer, just because we're more likely to react to something that we're told to do as, as opposed to something that we read. Um, I don't know if that's true. I've just completely made that up, but um, yeah. if, it, if it's true, then amazing. I, I, yeah, exactly. It makes sense to me. That's how, you know, that's how I would imagine it, it would work anyway. Um, I'm not a scientist though. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, they're, they're, they are, um, I guess, a creative decision that's dependent on the platform that you're, you're posting that content onto. Makes sense. Makes sense. I had uh, a couple of other bits and I'm going to, I'm possibly going to skip over them because again, I know it's videos that you've already done. So I'm going to direct everybody um, to, well, I'm going to direct you, my one listener to, to Jack's uh, LinkedIn and, and social handles, which we'll um, have in show notes and, and put at the end. Um, but there was a, there was a couple of bits that I was going to talk about, about, you know, getting the best of, of, even if you're filming on phone, lighting, framing and all that sort of stuff. Um, again, it is, it's, it's all available on Jack's channel so we'll, we'll we'll scrub over that for the purpose of uh, of time um for now a uh, kind of heading into an outroar you will be glad to know your three favorite people maybe or kind of who are you uh seeing content creators linkedin or elsewhere um you've already mentioned peter mckinnon and, and, and people like that on youtube um who do you just enjoy watching oh that's a good one um so i am uh, i'm a huge huge gamer in my spare time so it might be watching um, a bit of a, a guy called Jack Franks. He makes a lot of sort of just Call of Duty content, which I just enjoy watching in the morning. Um, there's a, a really brash American uh, group of people called Nelk uh, that I've just started watching. I don't know if you've ever heard of them before, but they are I like so, no. just, I, I wouldn't watch them if, if maybe you're sort of um, over 40, just because, and this isn't being rude, but you just will not understand what they do. <laughs> Um, like yeah. it's it's just like it's just pure rudeness in, in it. It's, it's just being a horrible person. But for some reason, I can't stop watching it. I don't know what it is. They went on. Um, 
they went on a wine tour. It's, it's like a group of like five, six, seven guys, right? And they are, they are just knobs. They're just knobs. Uh, but they've made an absolute fortune out of, out of doing it. And they went to this wine tour and just completely ruined the experience for everybody there. They were downing wine. They were stealing wine from people. They were pouring it down their wow. shirts. It's just like, why? That was, it's just like, that's not, that's not how you behave. Um, yeah, but I like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just something out of the norm that just makes me laugh. I'm like terrible person for liking that, but it just makes me laugh. Um, and yeah, like top ones in terms of creativity, Peter McKinnon, Casey Neistat, James Matthews, uh, it's a guy called J.R. Alley, who's an amazing, amazing editor and cinematographer. Um, who else do I like? I, I do like Gary Vee. Um, you know, he, he winds me up from time to time. I can only take him <laughs> small. I do like him. Um, yeah. Who else is a really good one? Um, even just people like on, on LinkedIn, like um, Chris Williams is a, is a cool guy. Richard Moore is an amazing sales guy. Um, Shay Roadbottom's an amazing sort of US creator. Um, really getting into things like um, mental health and and yeah. confidence, and it's you know she's really cool. Um, there's loads of people. I could honestly I could go on for hours and hours about creators, but they're kind of my top top top. I would I would have to say yeah for sure. Love it. Are you more productive in the office now that you're in there, or you've had a, a week to, to sort of judge? Or are you are you more productive at home? Yeah, absolutely. More in, in the office now. Like I've definitely got routine now. I. Uh, I feel like I stay a lot later. I, I get here a lot earlier now, but I don't mind because it's, you know, I'm so driven now that I'm in the office. Now that I've had a taste of what hard work gets, I am working harder than ever before. I'm making more yeah. content than I have done. Uh, we're growing the team. We're, we're clients are building every day. Um, it's yeah. I, I'm feeling so incredibly motivated at the moment to, to just achieve what I want to achieve. Like, and I make a video about this at some point soon, but I guess to hear it first for, the, for those who are listening, I guess the goals for the business is I want like a YouTube studio, BuzzFeed social chain kind of thing that anybody from any type of business can come into, record their content on equipment that you don't have to pay, that does the job that looks absolutely shit hot, um, have it completely edited for you. Like I, I, I want to build a, a community brand. That's what I want to do. Not just a video marketing agency. I want this to be an absolutely global thing. And I absolutely know that it will be. Um, it's just, just got to give it the time to, to be able to grow, mate. That's all. Yeah. Patience, eh? Patience. Uh, I love it. Well, you've, you've kind of, you kind of touched on it there, but the next question uh, to round things off, what is next for you uh, slash V21? What, uh, what's next in the pipeline? Next thing is definitely starting to build up the team a bit more, um, getting some editors in, uh, which we're currently hiring for. So if you're listening on the podcast and you are a UK based or Kent based editor, then get in touch because we're looking to hire um, videographers. Again, same thing. Um, I would, I would love the business just to be on every single platform, creating lots of different types of content. Um, you know, and BuzzFeed do this really well. It's not the CEO who's on camera. Sometimes they are, uh, but yeah. it's actually the team making content that people just like to watch. And that naturally as a byproduct just gets awareness of that brand. Some people may not purchase. Some people will purchase. That's what I would absolutely love to do. Um, you know, I'd love to be talking to videographers about equipment and, and unboxings and reviews and tutorials. I'd love to be talking to, marketers on on strategy and you know just if I, just, I just want to dominate social that's exactly what yeah. i want to do I'm, I'm gonna do it i'm telling you now good stuff i love it so very quickly uh three 
tips. I was going to I was going to miss this one out, but I think it's I think it'd be a good one. Um, three tips for, tips for someone. I'm assuming the answer is pretty much going to be just start actually. But for for anybody who's looking now to start creating content uh, and and get themselves in the game, whether it is to to attract clients, whether it is for just purely to start a YouTube vlogging channel, like we'll go pretty we'll go pretty high. Uh, pretty high level on this one. Um, yeah, three, three, three tips or bits of advice for, for getting started. Yeah. So first, most important tip, which is completely counterproductive to what you probably think I'm going to say, is actually don't start. Just stop for a sec and just really yeah. think about what you're doing. If, you, if this is a short-term thing, if you're just doing it to tick a box because the, the, the person who is above you or has decision in the company or, or, or even if it's just you know friends or family, is it what you feel that you need to be doing? And is it something that you're gonna be doing for the long term? If it is, have a strategy, have a plan with what you're creating, even just down to create a document of you know, 30, 40, 50 video ideas, just so that you're not gonna run out and you, you, know, you have stuff to do and constantly create. Yeah. Even though they may not go viral, but it's just good to have as a backlog of content. Um, the second thing would be um, exactly what you think I'm gonna say, which is just do it. Uh, because you're never going to know what it's like unless you unless you start. Um, but you need to start with a proper strategy. Um, and then I guess number three is understand the importance of patience. Um, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to be the next Gary V. You're not going to you know have a million subscribers next week, or or even yeah. for the next year in that matter, or maybe even the next five years. You're going to build slowly if you stay consistent. If you post content every single week without fail that people want to watch. If you be, if you're part of that community and are supporting other people and aren't entitled to getting support just because you've posted a video, that's not how it works. Um, be part of the community, support other people, and have patience that you're going to build because you will. You've just got to give it time. Um, yeah, top three pieces of advice. Don't start, start, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, and there you go. That's it. I love it. Well, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna round things off because uh, I've I've kept you for for far too long, but uh, I've really 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 do appreciate your time, myself and the one listener. We both appreciate it very much. Uh, <laughs> social for yourself and for V21. Uh, where can people find you? All that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, I guess um, something like YouTube, just Jack Gaysford, LinkedIn, Jack Gaysford again. Um, if not, V21.co.uk. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. We're we're all over really. So just type in yeah. between one. I'm sure that you'll you'll find us on social. We'll, we'll, we'll get, but um, we'll get yeah, guys, end. always happy to chat. If you've got any questions, just ping me over something, and I will help you out as best I can. Absolutely, lovely stuff. Well, mate, I appreciate your time very much. As I say, uh, I'm going to let you go. Well, if you can, if you can hang fire for for two minutes after I press stop recording, um, and I'll, uh, I'll 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 grab you very quickly and let you go and enjoy your weekend. Um, it will be a little while before I get round to this. I know we talked about uh, about being consistent and quick with content, but uh, I know what I'm like, so I never I've stopped over promising. Um, but uh, I get this one out as soon as uh, as soon as I can. And I think it'll help a lot of people. So um, I very much appreciate it.